a self-love practice is super personal to you, right? It's going to look different for all of us. What works for one person might not work as well for somebody else, but I think it's just choosing to do the things and the, the actions and the habits that support your physical, your psychological, and your spiritual growth. It boils down to knowing that I am worthy of being a priority in my own life, that I don't exist just to serve. I exist to nurture myself and then pour that same love into the people that I care about, into our listening communities, into the collective, into my friendships and my family and my kids and my partner. Welcome to the Finding Bliss After Burnout podcast. My name is Michelle Gordon. I'm a registered nurse, NLP practitioner, and mindset and manifestation coach. If you're like me and subscribe to Working Hard, Needing External Validation, and those dominating thoughts of fear, worry, and doubt, well, then you're in the right place because all that gets to change here. I want to show you that there is another way, a magical way, and show you what is truly possible for you. My passion is mentoring and coaching women and nurses who are feeling just like I once did, overwhelmed, exhausted, and frustrated. And my mission is to help them shift back into alignment, to find clarity, reignite their energy and passion for life, and find true freedom, joy, happiness, and manifest a life they once only dreamed of. So if you're ready to dive deep into all things mindset, manifestation, and become the best version of you, then this is where I'll be giving you all of the tools and strategies that I have learned in my journey in finding bliss after burnout. I'm so excited to bring you today's episode, so let's dive in. Welcome back to the Finding Bliss After Burnout podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Gordon, and today I have the lovely Kate House here with me. Welcome, Kate. Oh my gosh, Michelle, thank you so much for having me here. I am thrilled to have this conversation with you. Yay. Now, Kate, you're all the way over in Pennsylvania and we have have made these time zones work. It is Monday evening for you. It is Tuesday morning over here in Queensland, Australia. Now, let's get stuck into this episode and I want to chat to you all about what it is you do and how you got into your business. You're in health coaching. Your business is Live By Design. You also have a podcast, Live By Design podcast. You have two beautiful children. You married your college sweetheart, which (laughs) I love. So tell me what you do and and how you got into health coaching. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a funny kind of circuitous route that I took. So I graduated from college and I had studied abroad as a student in the South of France and just really fell in love with this whole field of international education and how it can just all the incredible benefits for the students, but also for molding the next generation of policymakers and and people who connect and and just make this world a really beautiful place. And so I started working in, in study abroad, but I worked in this very small office 
totally by myself. All of my colleagues were in France or worked from home at that time. And I just sat in this office by myself all day working on the admission side of things, which wasn't, um, wasn't fulfilling me in a way that made me excited to jump up and get out the door every day. I loved my colleagues. I loved the students I worked with. Like I, I was comfortable, but I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't like vivacious. I was just kind of like going through the day. And I had this moment at 25 where I remember it got to the point where I was just, I was trying to work so hard and I, I was having these stress nightmares (laughs) about my email crashing. And I was like, this is not healthy. Like I should not be having email nightmares at 25 years old. And I was really stressed. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't taking care of my physical health. And I got home from work one day after a kind of challenging day. And I just broke down in tears. And my husband is like my best friend. He's like the most incredible person I know. And he sat me down and he just, he held me. and was just like, I wish I could help make it better. And that was my like light bulb moment where I realized like what I'm not changing, I'm choosing. And I no longer want to choose this. I need to do something that fills not only my day and gives me a career, but I need something that, that I feel passionate and purposeful about and where I can be excited to wake up each day. And, and it was realizing that staying in a position where I felt kind of stuck, wasn't just hurting me. It was also hurting the person I cared about most. And now I'm in a place where I can make decisions because I know that it's, it's best for me. But at that time I almost needed to be like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is hurting Dennis. Like that can be a motivator for me to finally make a change. And then once I did make the change, I was like, Oh, I needed to just do it for myself all along. And so I put in my two weeks notice. I had like a very tearful farewell. I like loved my boss so much. Like we, I told him in a Starbucks and I started crying and he started to cry. It was hilarious. And the other people at the coffee shop were probably like, what is wrong with these people? But I just, I loved the people I worked with, but I just needed a bigger sense of fulfillment. And, and during that time I had started practicing yoga and I fell in love with the practice of just like being in my body, being present, listening to my breath, calming my mind it helped everything in my life. It helped the nightmares. It helped the stress, the anxiety. I like my physical health got better uh, and everything just really started to feel right. And so from there I was like, well, I've been thinking for a while, like maybe, maybe I'll be a yoga teacher. And I didn't voice it to like anybody. I was like super self-conscious about it. And then one day again, my husband was like, you know, I think you'd make a really good yoga teacher. And I was like, Awesome. Great. Cause that's what I've been Googling every night at bedtime. <laughs> so, yeah. so I put in my notice, I, I started my teacher training and I taught yoga and I managed a studio for about three years. And I felt just so in alignment with my purpose. I was connecting with people. I was no longer sitting in an office by myself all day on a computer. I was moving my body. I was teaching, I was connecting and it was so fulfilling. And I had students come up to me and they would want to work together Cause with every yoga class, I would try to have like a theme each week. So let's talk about mindfulness. Let's talk about mindset. Um, I would talk about like positive psychology, like anything I was learning about that I was excited about, would share about in my yoga classes. And I was like, well, I would love to dive deeper with you, but I'm not like technically trained <laughs> in any of this. And so that's what brought me to health coaching in the very end was 
It's like, I, I just need some sort of, of more structured learning um, so that I can coach really effectively and, and give people tools to help them really live by design and not by default. And I've, I fell in love with the, the health coaching practice and then, you know, COVID hit and I had two very small babies at home when it hit. And I was like, well, I can't really go out and do anything right now. And I, it had been on my heart for a long time that I wanted to start a podcast. And I didn't, again, I didn't tell anybody. I was like keeping it real close to my chest. And then one of my best friends texted me and was like, Hey, I was thinking you should start a podcast. <laughs> I was oh, like, well, the last time somebody told me something like this and it affirmed something I was like already thinking I wanted to do, it worked out really well. So I was like, okay, universe, I will listen. <laughs> and that's what brought me to being um, the live by design podcast host. And I just feel really strongly about all the lessons I learned through my journey of, of having that moment of like, something's got to change. And then getting to a place where I feel vibrant and excited for the day. And I, I feel this sense of purpose that really gives me um, joy. And it just gives me something to work on every day. And I'm a full-time stay at home mom. So like I podcast, like, like Michelle said, we're recording in the evening, my time. And so I podcast at night. Um, I work on my business in the afternoon. So my husband gets off of work and I have to be really intentional with these pockets of time, but it just gives me so much purpose. So my whole mission is to help people live by design and not by default, because something really beautiful happens when you commit yourself to that. Oh, I love that story. That is, <laughs> oh my goodness. That is such a cool transformation. It's, I just, I love everything about that. And what you said about what I'm not changing, I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. That is like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, I love that line. And, and that was where you had the realization, right? Mm-hmm. That, this gets to be your decision. Exactly. It's, it's, it's telling yourself life isn't happening to me. It's mm-hmm. giving yourself permission to get back in the driver's seat and say like, no, a- as much as possible. I really want to, I want to be very purposeful with the way that I live. I don't want to just default through my days and get to my eighties and be like, well, I never actually did the things I was excited to do. Cause I was just I've worked a lot personally on like people pleasing behaviors and like releasing those and learning to live my life for myself and, and knowing that there's just this beautiful abundance that comes from that. Um, and not, and not just doing something because it's quote what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And this is such a, a a beautiful example of, like you said, choosing to live life by design and and no longer tolerating parts of life that just don't have you feel vibrant and alive and energized. And you gave that that beautiful story about, you know, you cho- the sign about <laughs> yoga. Yeah. And then choosing to go all in on this beautiful yoga teacher training and and becoming a teacher and and all of that and feeling so different in that in that space yeah it was a total transformation i went from i i went from feeling small and um kind of like inconsequential it was like if mm. i stop showing up for work tomorrow like 
would anyone really care? Or like, like, what am I doing with my life? That's going to leave like in in a much bigger sense, like, what am I doing? That's going to leave a legacy or how am I going to like, like, I have such a heart for people. And I was like, I'm helping these students get through this application process, but like in the end, like anybody could do this, this work. Right. And uh, anyone who's like competent and can email could have done that job. And I was like, I just had, I felt like I had so much more to give or so much more to do. And in, in not pursuing that, I was like stifling myself. I felt like I was just like withering away my time. And just like, I would end the day and I was just like, gosh, like, what did I do today? That felt like I'm building something or I'm serving in some way. And so being able to do that yoga training and then start to teach, um, was just so fulfilling to, to connect with people in such a meaningful, personal way. Uh, and it was hilarious. Like if, if there's one lesson I learned from teaching yoga, like my first six months easily, it was just like word vomit would come out. Like I'd be trying to teach a class and I'm like, what did I just say? Like that didn't even make sense. Like you're trying to like figure out how to do all the things at the same time. Um, but it was a great lesson in just putting yourself out there. And you've probably had this experience with, with podcasting as well. Cause I did too, with my podcast was you just have to get the gumption to start and yes. you have to keep showing up <laughs> because there's like, you just got to get through the times when you're like tripping over your words or like you, you, you don't remember the sequence you were on and you're like, oh gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> but then you hit a point where you're like, oh, okay, I think I've, I think I figured this out. This feels really natural now. And I feel like you can start to fine tune it. And then you really get that sense of like alignment and purpose from it. Yeah. And the courage, let's just touch on that for a little bit. And we're going to talk about self-love in a minute. The courage you had to choose those dreams that, like you said, I was sort of felt stuck in this job and it wasn't aligned and it, it just didn't feel good. And then you were having all of these nightmares. Then you had the courage to choose your dream of doing more and getting more out of life. And then you had the courage to 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 step into health coaching and, and the podcast that you've created. Like how was that for you? How did you feel making those decisions? Did it, did it just feel like, okay, this is where I meant to go? And then you had the signs of your husband and then your friend saying, hey, you need to do a podcast. <laughs> what? Tell me about, a little bit about that. Yeah, that's such a beautiful question. So I would say it's like equal parts, like courage or gumption. And also just this like unwavering belief in myself that if I commit to something, I know that I'm going to show up and give it my best. And like, it's never going to be perfect. Like I've had to work along with letting go of people, pleasing tendencies. I've had to work really hard at letting go of perfectionism because that held me back for years. I, I just, I was stuck because I was like, well, my brain, like the, the words in my brain was like, if I can't show up perfectly, it's not worth doing it at all, which is categorically untrue. (laughs) And so my new thing that I tell myself, I learned this from another podcaster who always says, do it scared. 
because there's this really cool thing that happens right on the edge of your comfort zone. When you do something that's of just manageable difficulty, James Clear talks about this a lot in Atomic Habits. It's this Goldilocks rule of your flow state lives there, your um, your ability to stay committed to something and excited about it. It's this idea of doing things of just manageable difficulty. So just on the edge of your comfort zone. And for me, that is doing it scared. And so that meant like, signing up for yoga teacher training and being like, I hope I don't totally suck at this, but even if I do it first, I'm just going to keep showing up until I figure it out because I had the, the belief in myself that I could do it. And it just took, it's like these tiny little wins over and over again, build your, your self-confidence muscle, right? It's like showing up and teaching a class and you're like, well, I think that was pretty good. <laughs> and then you show up and you teach again the next day and you're like, okay, I, I said this part a little bit more smoothly or, or that translated better, or my students understood what I was trying to, to move us through physically in the asanas um, in, in using those specific words or um, with podcasting, it was like showing up and, and Michelle and I were talking before we started to record about when we first sat down to record our podcast, like I would sit in my basement recording totally by myself, accidentally using the wrong microphone. Cause I didn't know how to set the input to the correct one, like sweating. Like, I don't know why I was sweating or why I was so nervous. I was the only one in that basement, but I was like, but I told myself like, just, just show up, just do it scared. Because then with every, with every class I taught or every, every client I coach or every podcast episode I put out, it just builds that self-confidence muscle. And, and if you imagine your comfort zone, like you can't see me right now, but I'm creating like a bubble around my head with my hands. And every time you do something of that, just manageable difficulty, just outside your comfort zone, I, I like to think that your comfort zone expands. It gets a little bit bigger. Yes. And then that's what lets you think bigger and, and more courageously. Like if someone had told me back in, how was it that I left that career? So like 2014, eight years ago, if you had told me eight years ago, Kate, you're going to be a podcast host, you're going to host a women's collective every month. You're going to create online courses. Um, you're going to be a yoga teacher. Like you're going to work one-on-one with clients. I would have been like, you're crazy. <laughs> like, that's insane. I just want to like wake up and feel good today. <laughs> like, I was like, I just yeah. wanted to find a sense of purpose, but if I had thought about all those things eight years ago, it would have been overwhelming because that comfort zone in order to do that, uh, it was so far from where I was right then. And I'm so grateful for that chance to just start where I was and just take that one, like that one next courageous step and then follow that up with the next courageous step. And then slowly that comfort zone expands and you find yourself doing things that you're like, wow, this, I'm like super excited about this. And I like, I feel vibrant doing this. And the cool thing is, is like right now I'm 32, 33, I'm 33. <laughs> I can't even remember anymore. I know how old my kids are. I don't know how old I am. And I'm like, wow, if I'm only 33, like there's so much more life ahead. Like how much more will my comfort zone expand or what will that look like? You know, 33 more years from now. And it all just starts with just those everyday acts of courage um, like Mel Robbins likes to call them or doing it scared, you know, just those little things you can do to build that self-confidence muscle and to give you that momentum to, to start. And then the biggest part is just to keep going. Yeah, that is so good that, and for the listeners out there who 
want to step into something new for themselves, want to try something new. Like this is such a great story, Kate, that that you've shared and and I resonate with this so much from where I was nursing to also, you know, coaching and hosting a podcast. I wouldn't have believed that either if someone had said, Michelle, this is where you're going to be in, you know, 2022. It was just like, whoa, there is no way. But it's like you said, everyday acts of courage to Mm -hmm. just push the edges of your comfort zone just a smidge and that's where you expand. That's where you become the growth is, the Mm -hmm. real deep growth. And you just, yeah, described that so perfectly. So thank you. Of course. I could talk about comfort zones all day. (laughs) Well, I want to quickly talk about self-love and well not quickly let's just go right in and (laughs) and and talk about self-love and what how you teach that I know you've got your beautiful women's group the LBD collective how do you define self-love and teach that in your coaching Yeah, I love this question. And I think it's kind of the perfect topic for you and I, especially to talk about, because we have those similarities in our stories of getting to that point where you're like, oh my gosh, I've been taking care of everyone else but myself. And now I have to focus on myself again and be the best person for me so that I can also show up as a present and patient parent and partner. At least that for me, that was my experience. And a lot of a lot of it for me just boils down to self-love. It boils down to knowing that I am worthy of being a priority in my own life, that I don't exist just to serve. I exist to nurture myself and then pour that same love into the people that I care about, into our listening communities, into the collective, into my friendships and my family and my kids and my partner and all of that. And I think it all starts with self-love and just knowing that a self-love practice is super personal to you, right? It's going to look different for all of us. What works for one person might not work as well for somebody else, but I think it's just choosing to do the things and the, the actions and the habits that support your physical, your psychological, and your spiritual growth. And there's so many different ways that you can do that. It can be having, um, there's this one definition I love that talks about having a high regard for your own well-being and happiness, taking care of your own needs and not sacrificing your needs for others, or just not settling for less than you know that you deserve. And so that's why it's so unique, right? Because one of those things might speak more strongly to you, but it's so important to practice self-love because when we, when we practice self-love, to me, at least there's like four really beautiful benefits. The first is that we're less self-critical and we're just more compassionate towards ourselves. Like how often do you find yourself? Like when you're in this place where your, your mental loop just goes to this like critical, harsh place. Like, I don't know why we're all our own worst critics, but that can be the habit. And and when you have self-love practices in your life, you can I know you love to talk about awareness, right? You create that awareness around like, oh, this like this negative loop is going on in my brain. Let me choose to rewire that a little bit. So you learn to be less critical of yourself. Um, One thing that I appreciate too about self-love is that you expect others to treat you thoughtfully and respectfully. So if you treat yourself with thoughtfulness, you treat yourself with respect, you start to recognize those relationships that really 
lift you up and maybe those that pull you down a little bit, maybe ones that you've outgrown for whatever reason, or people that maybe you give more to the relationship than they do the friendship, whatever it might be. Um, you choose to, to have the people in your life that really are uplifting. Um, another thing is that your, your sense of self-worth and your sense of like self-value um, for me, like self-worth is a really big one. Like I am worthy of putting like time and energy into myself or for a long time, it was like even money. Like it was like, Oh no, I am worth signing up for this. Like I took a nine week spirituality course last year. And it was incredible. And for the longest time, I, I wouldn't have signed up for things like that. Um, cause I was like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm worth the, the, if the financial investment. Right. Um, but you practice self-love and you realize like, no, like your learning and your growth and your nurturing is important. The last thing that I think self-love really helps us with is it just creates this foundation from which we can tell ourselves and other people, like what our needs are and, where our boundaries might be. And honestly, in the end, just to live in alignment with what resonates with us. Yes. Oh, I love that. Can you sort of talk about the difference between self-care versus self-love? Because I know, and I know I've had these conversations before and it, and if some people go, well, I'm, I'm practicing self-love, I'm having a bath or I'm going to get a facial or whatever. And and I feel like that's more self-care. Like Mm -hmm. there's certain practices that we can do which are ways we can care for ourselves, but self-love is much deeper. Absolutely. And and I definitely fell into that for a long time. I would use the word self-love and self-care just interchangeably. It didn't even occur to me until um, we had talked a little bit about the LBD Collective back in February of 2022. We do a theme for every month. And I, I thought I was like really clever, like Valentine's Day month, but let's make it self-love themed, right? And so I was like, all right, let's dig into self-love this month. And once I started learning about it, I realized like I had been doing this in my own personal life on my podcast with my clients. And I was talking about self-love and self-care interchangeably. And then I did all of this research. I'm like a total research nerd. Like I always joke that if I could just be a student forever, that would be like my ideal job. And now I get to be a student forever because I host a podcast. And so it's kind of perfect. And so I went down the the rabbit hole of, of reading all the articles watching the YouTube channels, like all the things. And what I came away with is that there are seven ways to practice self-love. And one of the seven ways of practicing self-love is self-care. And so self-love is, is so big, right? It's, it's being mindful. It's acting on what, um, what you need rather than what you want, like making good decisions for your future self. It's practicing self-care, but it's also setting healthy boundaries, protecting your energy, forgiving yourself and living intentionally. And so if self-love is all of these things, self-care is a really important component, but it's not the only one because taking a bubble bath is great. I love bubble baths. I take one like every week, (laughs) but um, it's not going to help you set boundaries with the person in your life. That's like making things difficult or challenging for you unnecessarily. Right. Or doing a facial feels awesome. um, But if you're not practicing mindfulness, like it's not going to help you with like that negative monkey chatter in your mind. Right. And so to me, self-care is carving out the time to nurture your physical self. And so that could be 
enjoying a really leisurely shower. That could be, um, Michelle, I know that the gym is really important to you and that time to be physical and present with yourself. That's a beautiful way of practicing self-love through self-care because in that movement, you're being really present in your body. You're being really mindful and you're activating all these parts of yourself. Um, practicing self-care can be drinking enough water every day. <laughs> you know, it can be like, most of us don't hydrate enough. <laughs> so it could be hydrating. It's choosing to eat foods that bless your body, right? It's, it's all of these different things, but self-care while so important is just a, a smaller part of this bigger picture of self-love. Um, and while super important, I think it, it can be, um, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to, to watch on Instagram. Like I love Instagram. Um, but I think there are times when we forget that, like, there's a lot of other deep work you can do besides, um, the, the stereotypical kind of self-care type things. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that was so great how you explained that and people pleasing. Mm -hmm. So that really resonates with me too. And I feel like when you cultivate a real deep self-love, then people-pleasing just isn't going to work, right? Like it it just isn't aligned. It's a behaviour that just doesn't fit in. When you fully love yourself at that that whole, you know, level of self, is that making sense? <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's, it's really funny because one of these like seven pieces of practicing self-love is setting boundaries. And when I, when I got to that in my research back in February, I was like, well, like what, what does it look like to set boundaries? Like that's such a big conversation. Right. And there are people out there who that is their, their area of expertise. Um, but for me, when I was teaching on it in the collective, I was like, let's just boil this down to something pretty simple and like like a very easy takeaway for all of us. And for me, it's this idea of if it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no. And that's really helped me with my people pleasing tendencies, because for me, people pleasing was saying yes to things I really didn't want to do, but I felt obligated to do so. And so I would, I would carve out my time to dedicate to that volunteer project or setting up for that thing or whatever the case might be. But it, you know, like when you say yes to something and it isn't in alignment, it just feels for me and my body, my chest feels tight. I just feel like, I feel like yucky is the best way to see, right? Like I put it on my Google calendar and I'm like, oh, I'm not looking forward to that. (laughs) And like, yeah, there are always going to be things on your calendar. You're not excited about, right? Like you have to go to your doctor for your checkup. You got to go to the dentist. Like, I mean, I like going to the dentist. I'm weird like that, but you know, there's things that you have to do that you just have to do. But in general, for me, like the people pleasing is just saying yes to the things that I feel like are just an exuberant. Yes. And then saying no to the things that I'm just like, eh. <laughs> like, I just like me. And as long as the thing that I'm saying no to, like somebody else could step in and do then there's no reason that I have to be the one to do that. And oftentimes I find too, with people pleasing tendencies is that when I start to create these really healthy boundaries for me, it just looks like protecting my time and just, and, and just doing the things that are in alignment um, and support me and, and my growth and, and that are loving feel like loving for my kids and my husband um, it's protecting those pockets of time and not saying yes to all the things. And 
And knowing that it's okay to tell somebody no, I think um, culturally maybe, or in the church I was raised in, or, or for whatever reason, I felt like I always had to be a yes person. I felt like growing up, I had to say yes. And then that translated in when I went into the workforce into saying yes to every project and overloading myself and, and not knowing, I, I didn't know at that time how to ask for help or that it was okay to ask for help or to say like, I can't do all of this. <laughs> you know, I just, just said yes to everything. Cause I thought that that's what you were supposed to do. And letting go of people pleasing for me has been a lot of, of realizing that I, I don't have to live my life according to the shoulds, the shoulds of other people. And I just have to get really clear. And I know you're really big on this, just getting really clear on, on my why and my purpose and like, what is my mission in life and, and doing the things that are in alignment with that. And like saying a heck yes to those things. And then when it's not in alignment, just saying like a very kind, but firm, like, no. <laughs> Yes. And I, I love how you explained that because really standing in your own self-love is, is being able to say, no, that isn't aligned right now. And, and just being standing in that authority and that, that certainty of, no, it doesn't get to come in. And, and like you said, it just doesn't feel good and it, it's not aligned and, and my energy isn't behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for me to say, no, that is real true self-love when you can stand in that and, and not have any, oh, what have I done? You know, or that, <laughs> that meltdown, which I used to get all of the time. Yeah. It's yeah. scary too. Like at first, especially you're like, what did I just do? <laughs> yeah. Or I'd have the meltdown after because I'd say, yes, I'd do the thing that wasn't aligned. I'd be giving away my time and my energy. Mm -hmm. And then I'd feel really resentful because I'd gone against myself. I'd gone against myself, but I didn't have that self-love to say, no, (laughs) I can Right. And it's, it's so crazy how, how hard it is for us to say, no, I actually created a freebie. I'll, I'll, get, I'll send you a link to it for your listeners for my collective um, last month, actually. And it what was it 10 empowered and kind knows. Um, Cause we talked about this again, um, this idea of if it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no. Um, when we were talking about intentional living, and, and cause, cause we were digging into it. It was like, why is it so hard for us? to just say no to something. And so we created this list of 10 ways of saying like, of saying no, but feeling like you're doing it in a kind way, but also in a way that's like, this is not negotiable. Cause I found for a long time, I would say no to things, but I'd be like, but if you don't find somebody else, give me a call. Or like, (laughs) if you get stuck, here's my number. Right. And I'd be like, no, that still feels yucky. (laughs) You know, and it was so hard to just to just, like you said, to just stand firm in that no and not feel like, ooh, about it, right? But I find that the more that you do it and and the more firmly but kindly you can say it, the better it feels every time. And and you get to a place where, and, and I still work on this, right? Like I am, it's it's a continuum, right? Like I'm, I'm not totally like on one end of the, the spectrum or the other, I'm somewhere in the middle, a little farther over to the side of feeling empowered to say no. And depending on the day you catch me on or how much sleep I had, if my kids aren't sleeping well, like it can be harder to, to really stand firm in those no's or to just really be acting in alignment. Um, but the more you do it, the, the easier it gets, the more natural it feels. And 
yeah, just the, the stronger, um, and more self-assured you feel in saying it of just being like, like, I respect you. I think what you're doing is incredible. Uh, but I just don't have the time to dedicate to this project at this time or whatever it may be, but finding ways to say those no's where you feel good about it. One, because you have the energy behind it that you want. And two, because you're not leaving the door open for that. Like, but if you get stuck (laughs) and you're like, please don't get stuck and call me. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, that's so true. So just share with us, share with the listeners for like, you're a mum. you've got two small children, you have a business, you're a wife, like someone out there who, you know, we wear all the hats Mm -hmm. as women who has all of the hats as well and they're working or have have their own business and, and juggling all of the things. Can you just share some ways to practice self-love or to show some self-love. Yeah. I love that question. Absolutely. I think the really cool thing about self-love is it's something you can start to practice today and you can start doing it for free. Um, a lot of times I, I find myself personally where I'm like, Oh, I want to do this, you know, this workout routine or this, whatever it is. And it's like, okay, well now I have to buy like the right sneakers or like, I want to do these smoothies, but now I need to buy the right blender and the the protein powder, whatever. Like we make things so much harder on ourselves than they need to be a lot of times. And especially when you're a mom and you know, you've got lots of things going, you wear all the hats, like how can we make it simpler on ourselves? Right. And so when I think about self-love practices, I think about especially if you have little ones and your time um, is spoken for by them, the biggest thing that's been helpful for me is asking for help. And whether that's getting a babysitter once a week to watch my kids so I can like go do the things that I need to do um, for life, <laughs> whether it's get, I have a babysitter that comes, um, she'll be here twice this week. And, and I do that maybe once a month. Um, I, I get a sitter during the day for a few hours just so I can work on some of my business stuff um, for a little bit more time than I normally have. And and for me, um, working on my business is a form of self-love because it means I'm, I'm reading the books that I want to share about, or I'm, I'm creating resources that I'm really excited that have, that have helped me personally that I want to share with other people. Um, asking for help can be talking to your partner. If you have kids and saying like, Hey, I feel super burnt out. I don't feel like I'm, I'm my best self, right? Like right in this moment. And I think I know some of the things that might help like prioritizing my exercise or getting to sleep earlier or, um, choosing to eat healthier foods, whatever that might be. And, and and talking to your partner about that. Right. I think sometimes for me, at least personally, for a long time, I just expected my husband to know (laughs) what I wanted or what I needed. And then I learned to be like, Hey babe, um, I need to like go, I need to go for a walk for an hour. Like I feel kind of yucky. Uh, I've got like, like my brother passed away recently in my own personal life and walking has been super helpful for me and processing my emotions and how I'm feeling and holding space for all of that. Um, not separate from my children. They know what's going on. They're at my brother's celebration of life, but, um, not letting the, the, difficulty of that, like bleed over into my family life in in an an unproductive way. Right. And so for me right now, self-love looks like being like, Hey babe, like before you start work at 8am, like I need from seven to 8am every day to go for a walk. And then it just helps me like process and clear things and just get back in my body and out of my head. 
Um, and so I think that's like the first thing I would say is just like, ask for help. And, and maybe that's hiring a coach. Maybe that's talking to Michelle and being like, I need somebody to coach me, <laughs> right? Like I need someone who's been there before me who can give me guidance. Um, it can look like just educating yourself on things that you're like, you know what? I've always wanted to learn more about such and such. And, um, that just makes me feel really like I'm living intentionally. Like number seven of, of self-love practices is to live intentionally. So, what does that look like for you? Is that setting aside 30 minutes every day to read a book, right? And it doesn't have to be a, a personal growth book. It could be like your favorite fiction author. Um, like what are just some of those things that you can do that make you feel, I like to say like lighter and brighter than when you started. And the cool thing with all of that is you can start right away. Um, for, for some people that might be meditating, for some people it might be journaling, um, for others, it might be I mean, there's just so many different ways you can practice self-love. Um, but my biggest encouragement is to, to just start and to start small yeah, and to let it grow from there. And, and not to say like, I'll start on Monday or I'll start the, the first of the month or whatever that might be. Um, just start to carve out that time for yourself. Even if it's, if it's 15 minute increments at a time, um, it's amazing what just 15 minutes of, of sitting with your thoughts or journaling, um, can do for you. Yes, so important. And I love that you said about asking for help because Mm -hmm. when we wear all of these hats and we're busy working women and mums, sometimes that can be a hard thing to do. We've we've kind of got this belief or program that we we need to do all of the things and do everything well and (laughs) do it on our own and show the world how capable we are. And that that has honestly been such a big thing that I've done as well in my transformation. It was just like, how can I support myself? How can I support myself in all of these roles so I show up 100%? And that was, yeah, asking for help. So that's such yeah. it's great huge. advice. And it's, yeah. and I don't know why it's so hard for us to ask for help. Um, Cause I also felt that way for the longest time. Like I have to do it on my own. Like I can do all the things. And then I realized like, well, like there are two humans depending on me and uh, like, I can't do it all. <laughs> and so it's okay to, it's okay to be like, I need an hour of time to myself. Uh, and maybe that's like 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes at night or it looks like calling up your mother-in-law and asking for them to watch the kids on a Saturday or call whatever that looks like. Um, it could be, I've even, I even have friends who will do swaps where like, we'll babysit each other's kids and be like, Hey, why don't you and your husband go on a date night? We'll just hang with all the kids. And then we'll, we'll swap the next week. Um, you know, that like quality time with your partner, whatever that looks like. Um, it, it just asking for help, no matter what that looks like, it's, it's never weak to ask for help. I actually think asking for help is, is one of the bravest things that you can do. Yes. Oh, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I'm so grateful Thank to you. Now tell me about, you've got a beautiful group, the LBD collective. And if someone was from the listeners here that wanted to reach out to you, how can they find you and what, um, what's the best way to get in touch with you? 
Yeah. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm just so grateful for this time with you. I always, I always feel like so grateful to get to be a podcaster and get to just connect with women like you. And so I'm, I'm super excited to connect with your community as well. So yeah, the, the first place I hang out online is over on Instagram at Miss Kate house. Um, and that's because I guess there's another Kate house out there in the world and she beat me to it. So I'm MS Kate house, just like a house. Um, and that's also my website, MissKateHouse.com, And that's where you can learn all about like my coaching and the LBD collective. Um, and I'd love to offer all of your listeners a free month in the collective if they ever want to check it out. So I can give you a link for the show notes, but it'll just be misskatehouse.com slash thank you. And you can start anytime it's zero obligation. Um, the, the cool thing that I love about the collective is it's funny with our timing actually. So my collective meets at 8 PM Eastern time in the United States. So that would be morning time, your time. Um, but I record everything. So if you can't make something live, you can always, I call it catch the replay, (laughs) but we do, we do a group coaching night on the first Monday of every month. And then we do a group journaling practice the third Monday of every month. And and every month has a theme. So like a topic. So we've done self-love we've done uh, purpose, intentional living, holistic health. Um, we try to do the head, the heart and the body. And we rotate through those three, every, every three months. And the collective for me has just been this really beautiful opportunity. It's just for women. And it's this this group of women who show up and it's a way of prioritizing yourself. Actually funny. It's like kind of like a self-love practice because it's a way of saying like, okay, I need this hour and 15 minutes to meet with the collective. And I'm going to be all in for this time. And I'm just going to soak in all the goodness and support women and just share what's new and good in my life and really commit to this intentional living, this living by design and that by default journey together. Um, and it's like, it's like one of my favorite things that I get to do. I, I would host the collective like for the rest of my life. <laughs> like I just, I just love hanging out with these incredible women. What a beautiful container of goodness you have there. Like it's yeah. just I love that and I can see how much you love you put into that and and all, like the value that's in there. So yeah. that is wonderful. Thank you for my listeners that want to to jump in and like such a great opportunity to see what Kate does and Oh, thanks beautiful. Michelle. And for you as well, if you ever want to join us, your the door is the proverbial door is always open. Um, but yeah, I love I love being in the collective. And then I also am a podcast host of the Live by Design podcast. So I have a uh, fresh episodes coming out in the fall of 2022 for our fourth season. And uh, I'm just super excited to have Michelle on the show as well. Um, so we're just having so much fun in this podcasting world together. I'm just so grateful for the time we get to share. Yes. Oh, fantastic. All right. Thank you so much, Kate. It has been such a great conversation today and you've shared so many gold nuggets and so much of your love and wisdom. So thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Before you go, I want to say thank you for listening. To catch all of the latest from me, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and head over and follow me on Instagram at michellegordon underscore coach. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share this with others. Take a screenshot, tag me and share it on your social media. I cannot wait to see you here for the next episode of the Finding Bliss After Burnout podcast. I've got so much goodness to share with you. Bye for now.